Welcome everyone back to Vision Tech Perspectives. This is Dave Swain with Vision Technology Management. And as usual, I have Doug Johnson with me. Doug, how are you doing today? Dave, I am good. Thanks for having me join. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wouldn't be able to do it without you. So, hey, um, Doug, let's just jump into the topic. Um, we're we're getting inundated with acronyms in this industry. Yeah. Society has been inundated with acronyms. We never even know what they mean anymore. Um, but one especially that has been forefront in our industry in the last year to two years has been ESG. We just talked about some of those in some of the other podcasts. How important it is to be aware of them. But within the last couple of weeks, maybe a month or so, and now I just read it in an article of a new acronym that is entering our industry. And that's EIQ, Environmental Impact Quotient. Now, the article I'm referring to was Bayer's uh, annual report have a sustainability section to it, just like any other companies in today's world. And they actually showed the formula for their EIQ. And it's really interesting because it's talking about all kinds of toxicities to its chronic dermal. So we're actually talking about your skin, um, all kinds of fish, bird, bee, all of these things. So how is it affecting, in essence, the ecosystem, which we all want to protect the ecosystem. That's our livelihood. If we kill the ecosystem, we're out of business, right? And so I, I find it interesting that now we have to have a formula to determine how we impact it. And that's not always bad. I, I don't want to say that it's a horrible thing because I think measuring it helps us better manage it. But now it is almost being used, I hate to say that, but almost as a weapon. Because some of these companies are now going to start dictating an EIQ score. And that, in conjunction with ESG, will, in essence, force us how to run our operations, whether it's an agribusiness or at the producer level. And we have these companies that are going to tell us how to do our jobs. What do you think about that? David, the, this is brand new to me as well, this EIQ score. And when I when I when you first shared it with me, it it set me back. Is it the same thing as a carbon sequestration score? Uh, or is it different? Well here here's kind of what I'm trying to my uh, meld in my mind. What is the similarity? What is the difference? What does this score mean versus other scores? But it's all driven from our ESG, environmental social governance. And David, that at the end of the day, somebody is trying to figure out what does ESG need, need to mean? How should it be measured? And then how does that impact, let's just say, traditional farming practices? So when I when you shared this EIQ, I was like, okay, so back on our farm, what would that mean? How would we measure it? What would we have to do differently to 
hit the number because everything seems to be driven from a number. Carbon sequestration, EIQ, methane capture, whatever it is. And this is where you and I talked, this is a few podcasts ago, but we referred to the times we're living in today as the wild, wild west. Mm-hmm. They are changing so rapidly. And I almost, Dave, this is not a great analogy, but I almost equate today's change in technology and production on the farm to what my great-grandfather, his life on the farm with horses, horse-drawn equipment, to suddenly the first tractors coming into the fields and the change in mechanization. Look how long that change took to occur from horse-drawn to small tractors, to cab tractors, to precision agriculture, to GPS. Look how long that technology took to evolve. This is different. I feel that the ESG, the EIQ, the scores, whatever they are, this is going to be a rapid evolvement. So mm-hmm. I'm curious to see. I think there's opportunity. but oh, I absolutely. don't know what it is. But I do believe that there is also risk on here. And Dave, I know you've studied a little bit more on this. Uh, EIQ, what are your what are your thoughts? Well, let's start with the wild, wild west because, and and I'm I'm basing this off of two things that I've seen. You know, I haven't done an exhaustive study on this, and and this is I'm not talking about this as a subject matter expert. I'm talking about this is we need to be aware that this is happening. I mean, I've talked to people that don't even, even though ESG has been a part of the industry for the last couple of years, I still talk to people that don't even know it exists, let alone what it is, how it affects them. And so now that EIQ has made its presence known, and again, because I've had two separate situations that it's it's popped up on my radar, I want to make sure that we're aware of it and the wild, wild west, as you referred, uh, of how that impacts what we do in the industry. And just like the wild, wild west of everything else we've done, the two that I've seen, their quotients are how their businesses are affected. So I have a chemical company that has their EIQ based off of toxicities. I've seen one from a food company that is going to determine volume and quality, but also involves all of the other things that we've talked about before, like carbon sequestration, like sustainability and regeneration. So all of those things still play a role in it. I think it's just another aspect of it. Dave, I I got a question on this EIQ score because carbon sequestration score is measuring carbon release, right? How much carbon you're capturing. But this EIQ, the components that go into it, Uh seem to be measuring so much more. Uh And things I, I, I guess, wouldn't have thought about how... How are they going to measure that? I mean, this is probably going back to the comment, we're in the wild, wild west. This is an idea, but in practicality, 
how are they going to measure this at a field level? Well, and that comes back to why we actually started this podcast series, and that's the technology. Think about all of the operations that we have that are connected to the cloud. So whether I don't care what the brand is, but you perform an operation, planting, harvesting, spraying, all of the things, right? Or even on livestock, okay, you know, we feed this, we're tracking that to a dairy cow. We know exactly what the input to the cow is. What did she eat? And then what did she produce? So what does that look like? So we're tracking all of these things. And that technology is going to the cloud. And now, because these companies are now realizing that that data is out there, now they're going to start making use of it. And again, not saying that it's all bad. There's actually some value to it because we're going to do it better. I don't have a problem with us doing it better. Uh, going back to the old saying, I'm not an environmental activist. I am an active environmentalist. And that's the one I want to be pointing it to. So, uh, and that's the thing is we have to be active environmentalists. Because that's what our businesses rely on. Yes, sir. Dave, Dave I got a question or a thought, actually. So I'm going to go back to compare EIQ to carbon sequestration. We know that today it is possible to get paid for sequestering carbon. If you are currently not that net zero, there is a possibility you could get paid for changing your farming practices. Okay. Mm So now I'm trying to connect these two dots. Here's one score. Now this EIQ score, I wonder what their goal is. Is it to pay to incent behavior? Is it tax to change behavior? What is the ultimate goal, I wonder? I don't know that it is uh, either one, pay or tax. I think it is, um, oh, no requirement to do business because you have companies out there who have made very bold claims in the marketplace. So they're going to be carbon neutral by X year. They're going to do these things in so many years. And now they have to do things to attain that. And so now they're trying to figure out how how are they going to do business that gets them to meet those big claims that they've made to the public to, you know, the the family of three in, you know, Atlanta, Georgia, who doesn't even understand what a farm is, but they know that this company said that they would be carbon neutral or whatever their claim is by such and such a year. Now they have to change their business or 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 change their suppliers yep. to make sure they attain those goals. It's kind of like when I worked with uh, uh, some uh, some farmers in the east and they were doing produce and the the company they were selling their produce for fresh produce. 
what you buy in the in the um, in the um, case. You know, you pick up a, a bunch of radishes or celery or whatever. Not only did the company that was buying their produce require a sustainability statement from the grower, they were also requiring the sustainability from the growers suppliers so they're they're forcing that issue to attain their goals it's a vertical supply chain it goes yes. up and down and everybody is part of the same in theory everybody has to hit the same goals or you're breaking the supply chain and then they're going to find someone else that's going to hit those goals this is really interesting because carbon sequestration measures one thing, right? The carbon, really. But what this this information you shared, you're talking about, this measures a lot. This makes a lot of different things that are happening. And I, I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know how that makes me feel, Dave, because if it's getting more complex and it's coming quicker than what I guess I was expecting this to come. So this this is really interesting what happened so quick. And I wonder if there's others that are looking at the same type of criteria. Well, and the thing that kind of bothers me more than anything else, in in the in the grower scenario that I have seen personally, and, and I'm only going to talk to this one, they have a goal. The company has a goal. The, the customer of the grower that I'm working with, they have a goal. And my client just not their score back. They filled out all of the, the survey information and everything, got their score back. And it is probably six to seven times their score was six to seven times what the goal was. Okay, time out. The EIQ score was a number. Correct. In this particular case, this producer's equivalent EIQ score was seven. Six to seven times what the goal was. And think about this in the manner of goal. The lower the score, the better. Is okay? this... Is this a, I don't know how to it's say a specialty it. crop. Well, okay, but is this more of a traditional farmer where he's, or where they're doing the standard for that industry? Or are they? They're pushing, they're, they're better than the regional average. And they're always pushing to do it better. So they're, they're doing sustainable regenerative practices already. And have been for a few years. And they're still six to seven times the goal. And, and again, I have no problem with where they're going with this. I, we, have to ha we have to move in this direction. Quality of food, do more with less. That's what our industry is doing. Yep. But making sure we have a cheap, safe food system. Globally, we're in a global marketplace, right? It's not just, we're not just talking about North America. We're talking a global food source. And but the the problem is, and I and I use my my time as a manager of people before I started my business. And 
one of the things they always talked about when setting goals was making SMART goals. You know, the acronym of S-M-A-R-T. Well, the A was always making sure that the goal was attainable. And talking with my client in this, I asked them, is that attainable? And they said, with today's practices, with today's uh, technologies, uh, you know, genetics, all of the things. They said, no, it was not attainable. Dave, I'm going to hop in here. One of the things that we've touched on, you and I have talked just briefly about the wild, wild west. Who is setting these goals? Who is setting them? And do we in agriculture have a voice at the table? Do we have a seat at the table so we're contributing to these discussions and these goal setting, the smart goal setting, and the, the impacts that it could have, intended or unintended consequences back to our farm? Dave, we need to do a podcast on do we have a voice at the table? And what is our ag industry doing to educate both internally to ourselves as well as non-farm our customers? Well, and, and really that's even at two levels because I think we have two levels of customers in this, right? That is the industry personnel, the, the, the bears and BASFs and FMCs and ADMs of the world, what does that look like? As well as, you know, the family of three in, you know, Atlanta, LA, wherever. Uh, it doesn't matter where they're located. The people that are buying the food and are concerned about how safe and how good is the food that I'm feeding the family. As well as the internal, the, the podcast like this to say, hey, we've got a new acronym it's popped up on the radar. We want to make sure you're aware of it. Yep, 100% agree. And so it, it, this is, as I hope we're doing with all of the conversations, this isn't a doom and gloom. Like you said, there's opportunity here. I think it's opportunity for us to always get better at what we do, whether it is at an agribusiness level or in a producer level. We always can improve. But it's also showing, making sure that things are on the radar and that you're aware of it. And what's the impact that it could have on your operation moving forward? And then who are the people that you should be talking to to make sure that the education is there? So what does that look like? And that's why we're doing this. It's, it's really giving you the opportunity to get in front of what's happening in the industry to make sure that you're not one of those people that all of a sudden you look around and going, what happened? I don't, I don't understand it. And making sure you're aware. And that's that's really what we're trying to do with this. Um, it's, it's not doom and gloom. It's not a scare tactic. It's an information to what's happening in our industry. Thoughts on that? Closing thoughts? I think we ought to, I think, I think we beat this horse enough, so we probably ought to start looking at wrapping up. Yeah, Dave, I think it's a great discussion. It's uh, there's change coming and it's it's probably coming more rapidly than what we've seen in the past because mm -hmm. people are trying to figure things out. Right. Mm -hmm. 
But where I think you and I are trying to get our heads wrapped around is, is our ag industry educating each other and then educating consumers enough that we have, number one, a voice at the table, a, a seat at the table to help drive these decisions, not be reactive and wait for the decisions. Mm -hmm. So that's why I really enjoy the information you share, Dave. It just, uh, some days it's really exciting, some days it's scary, but I, <laughs> it's, it's information. So I appreciate you sharing this. Well, and that's the thing is, and you say, you know, getting a seat at the table. The one thing I have noticed in a lot of things that are happening in the industry is more and more of our industry associations, the ARAs, the TFIs, the American Foreign Bureau, I see a lot more collaboration amongst them. They're going to wherever, uh, companies, legislators, whoever, in, in, a, in a united front to have that voice. I think that needs to happen more, but at least we're moving in that direction. I think they're seeing that and they're seeing that we have to have that unified voice. And so I, that encourages me a lot. Um, so it, it's those types of things that, that makes it fun. You know, we can have these conversations and not wonder when the sky truly is going to fall on us because it's not. Uh, it's just another hurdle. We've had these for decades. So in closing, I just hope that we get you the information you need to start at least looking it up and seeing what's happening in your operation. Again, not at just a, a one level or other, but across our industry, what does that supply chain look like to you? And how is it going to be affected by things like ESG and EIQ? But also making sure that you start looking at your operation with a very critical eye. And as I always try to say, you know, you have to be strategic in your thinking. You have a strategy in place. You have that vision of where you think you need to be and knowing that it'll change. Doug talks about a one, three, and five-year plan. What does that strategy look like? So be strategic in your thinking. Develop the tactics that will help you accomplish goals, those strategies. And making sure you understand there's a difference between strategy and tactic. But lastly, and, and you know, nothing happens just by happenstance. You have to be intentional. Be intentional in your actions. And with that, you'll be successful. So that's what we look at. If you have questions or want to have these conversations, would love to have conversations about these things. Give me a call, 765-701-0493, or email me at dave.swain at visiontechmanagementmgmt.com. And would love to see how I can assist you in, you know, developing those strategies, that vision for your operation. And uh, we look forward to the next time we can have another one of these conversations, Doug. I look forward to it every time. Appreciate your time. I appreciate everybody that's listening and continue to listen. And uh, look forward to the next session. Have a great day.